Amen. Thanks, Rebecca. I want to invite the kiddos forward at this time for a brief word of wisdom and or something else. So come on up. Morning, buddy. You hop up here, Kelvin. You can sit here. You're going to stand. It's up to you. Big decisions. Okay? So everyone who chose to sat on the stage can give me one dollar. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to. You don't have to. All right, come on up. How are we doing today? We awake? Kinda? Yeah. I know there's a few teenagers here who are wishing that show choir was not quite so far away every Saturday. Anybody else? We got some big stuff going on on campus. We got soccer going on. We got tournaments starting. You know what else is coming? I saw it in the grocery stores. School and then... But school's not in the grocery stores. What is in the grocery stores right now or in Walmart? And it's yellow, and it's pink, and it's purple, and sometimes it's red, and it's sugar, and it rhymes with meeps. Peeps. Peeps. Yeah, do you know what sugar peeps are? They got those little eyes that are also sugar. Yeah, and you eat those first so they don't know what's coming, right? No, that's bad advice. Um... So no. So when I was growing up, my favorite Easter candy was those marshmallow peeps. And I found out how many not to eat in a row. How many do you think is a good number? Five? Yeah, good get. Three? Recommended daily allowance is probably like a third of a peep. But they come in straps of five, so you have to eat them, right? But when I see those peeps come out in the store, I know something's coming. Right? I know it's the season of Easter, and it's a season we celebrate Jesus, our Savior, and what he did for us. And a lot of the stuff around that is kind of confusing, and adults, you know, when you grow up, it'll be easier to understand, but I want you to remember one thing today about all this stuff we're talking about, okay? What is this thing? Have you ever seen one of those before? A cross, right? And do you ever see those like it? houses or on buildings or in stores, right? So here's what I want you to think. Whenever you see a cross, especially in the next couple weeks, just remember that a cross means life. Okay? So every time you see one, I want you to think, I'm alive and Jesus loves me. Okay? That's what we're going to be talking about in here today. Something for you to remember and remind your parents, especially if they're getting a little crazy and hectic because they've had too many peeps, you know, and they get a little sugar rush. Just remember, we're alive, and God is with us, and Jesus loves us, all right? Will you pray with me? Can you repeat these words after me? Gracious God, thank you for bringing us here today. Keep us safe. Keep us strong. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks for coming up, everybody. I'll make sure Pastor Taryn has lots of peeps to send up to Children's Church next week. I wanted to give you one-week warning, parents, so. So as we get started at Big Kids Church here now, uh, a reminder that Children's Church, the kids already know what to do, but if you're new here and you're wondering, where did all those kids just run off to? We just let them run around? Yeah, so... 
Uh, Children's Church uh, is available to any kid. We have a, a nursery going on in Wagner, which is just across the hall on the main level. Children's Church heads up to second level, and we have some teachers and uh, staffed uh, area there, wide open spaces for uh, some lessons and some other things. So if you know anybody, especially in this season of Lent, some neighbors, some other kids in your neighborhood that you'd love to invite and have be a part of that, it's a great way to just kind of help people feel uh, connected to what we're doing here. Uh, my name is Steve Trevs. For those who don't know me, I've been uh, around Fusion for a decade now, which is a little weird to think about. Um, I've been uh, occasionally a pastor here, and I, and I preach uh, quite often and play bass, and it's been a gift to me and my family. Um, I also teach a class here every semester, or a class or two at Dakota Wesleyan, so I just love being a part of this campus and this community. Um, I also lately have noticed a trend and Pastor Taryn will assign me certain topics in every sermon series and then leave town. <laughs> Either because she doesn't want to know what I'm going to say or I don't know what the deal is. But uh, this Lenten series, we've been talking about some, some everyday objects, kind of as a work of our ongoing devotional and then just a way to keep us focused in this long season uh, of the Christian year called Lent as we prepare for Easter. And... And so every week we have a new object, um, and Holy Week we have a couple extra, and Ash Wednesday we started this whole thing off uh, with dust. And uh, I don't know if you can see this picture down here, but we, we remembered with ashes and the sign of the cross on our foreheads, uh, if you came to the service, that we, it's important we remember we are, at the end of things, just dust. Not to be overly morbid about it, but also to remember that what kind of God must we have that can take dust and breathe life into it that looks like us, right? It's not so much even just how little we are, but how amazing our God is. If we can remember that, our Mondays, our Tuesdays, our Thursdays seem a little more bearable, as we're going to talk about a little later. Um, last week, uh, we talked about bread, not just as a reminder of communion, which we did share, but then also how bread is, in the scriptures, something we're reminded to not try to hoard, right? There's always this impulse to store up, store up, store up, just in case there's not enough tomorrow. And Jesus reminds us and reminded us and reminds us still today to not try to store up the things that are meant to be daily sustenance. Um, so I couldn't think of a better counterexample of this since I didn't have time to bake bread last night of a Twinkie. So this is my bread today. I found this in the back. This has probably been here since before I came 10 years ago. No, no. Oh, wow. That's not good. <laughs> I thought that was fresher than that. Now the Twinkie is an amazing piece of food, right? Because in theory, in another 10 years, I could take a second bite. <laughs> but it would taste exactly the same, right? That's the complete opposite of what Jesus is imploring us to do when we talk about bread. So when you see bread, we were reminded last week, we need what we need for today. To focus on today. To share what extra we have so that all might eat, all that might be filled, all might know the good news of Jesus Christ for today. Tomorrow is Jesus's to give us, not ours to collect 
and to keep safe and protect. And so in that mindset, I will admit I saw bread a little differently this week. What is enough for our daily bread? But like in these previous series, in the future we're going to talk about coins and shoes and everyday items, right, and bread. Somehow I seem to get stuck with the medieval torture device or the Roman, you know, death penalty. So I get cross today, if you couldn't tell already. Now you might think, why? We have bread every day, we got to eat every day. But think about the cross. When was the last time you went a day without seeing a cross? I was in uh, Bishop Heelan School last night, well, all day yesterday and into last night, in Sioux City, and, and I was reflecting on this message and looking, in, and it's a Catholic school, and so everywhere, images of cross, images of ancient crosses, images of the crucifix, ancient, it's just everywhere. And I looked outside when we were waiting to kind of bring the set in from outside and on the top of buildings throughout downtown Sioux City, what do you see? Crosses, right? A symbol of every day. As you're walking to this building and you look up because you're like me and that's all you do and that's why you trip over things a lot. But if you look up on top of this building, what's there? at the center of campus as a beacon, a cross. So you don't have to raise your hands, but I'm guessing, if I asked, how many of you have a cross in your home? Okay, just show of moderate elbows maybe, okay. I pulled all these just from within like a 20 meter radius of this room, right? And I love this one, it says, be still. As we read our scripture today, I want us to think about just how bold of a claim that would be when we think about the cross. Now, the cross has a history before we dig into scripture. You may or may not know this, but the symbol of the cross has been around far before Jesus ever walked the earth. It used to be an ancient symbol of life. Every time you saw a cross or an insignia, it meant life. And if you think about it, you know, the cross is a pretty simple symbol to make, right? Like uh, you take a a stick and, and then you take another stick, you put them together and all of a sudden you're an artist, right? No. But we could all do this. And so people throughout the history of time have kind of utilized the cross. And I've read in some places they have different reasons for why this is, but, but a lot of times it can symbolize just the connection of us and the divine. Right? This holy symbol, this holy interaction of everything on this world and everything towards heaven. Now, obviously, we know about the cross through the story of Jesus. Right? The story of Jesus' life his death, and his resurrection. And Jesus transforms the story of the cross for history to a certain extent because the cross in Jesus' words that we're going to read about a little bit in Scripture, it's a symbol more of torture, of suffering, 
of death. The Roman Empire used it as a way to not only punish or embarrass, but also to execute. It was a public thing. People who saw the cross and heard the word cross would know what was being shared and and threatened and talked about. But within a generation, right, or two, in the second century after, after Jesus had died and rose again, Christians began using the cross once again as a symbol of life. So as we dig into our scripture today, I hope you can find one of these images, or maybe you have a piece of jewelry or some art on your arms, whatever the case may be, find an image of the cross that you can focus on while we read through our scripture today. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would, uh, would give you something that you can take with you when you go back out into a world of this everyday symbol. Our first scriptures today come from the Gospel of Luke. We could have picked the ones from Matthew. I picked the ones from Luke. There's, they're in there both, both Gospels. So Luke chapter 9, verses 21 through 27. Jesus sternly ordered and commanded the disciples not to tell anyone. He had just kind of informed them of what was going to go down in this here uh, end of his life. Saying, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And then he said to them all, if any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. Those who lose their life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit them if they gain the whole world? but lose or forfeit themselves. Those who are ashamed of me and my words, of them the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Indeed, truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. And he didn't just say it once. The story continues. It continues to be a teaching he gives to his disciples. In Luke 14, we read it again. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to ridicule, saying, this fellow, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they had a British accent, but this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king would not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 2,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. So one of the themes I want us to take with us into this week is the theme of carry. What does it mean to carry? Across daily. 
I got to tell you, it's a lot easier to carry that one than it is that one. If any of you saw my van on the way into town this morning, I was just cruising down Main Street with that thing strapped on top, and then I got here and realized it wasn't quite strapped on top. But the, the reality of carrying a cross is daunting. When I was a senior in high school, up in Hoven, we they have the big Catholic church, and uh, we have the Stations of the Cross. And high school seniors are always invited to participate in that. And my year, I, as a United Methodist from another town, became Jesus because my classmates nominated me, aka none of them wanted to do what Jesus had to do that particular night. My friends were quick to be, you know, the Roman centurions that had the whips behind me. That was not a spot that was hard to fill. But the guy only wearing a white tights in a cold church, carrying a large thing of lumber, weighing a buck forty, sopping wet, that was not something people were signing up for. And I remember that night very well because it was truly a gathering of the whole community. And I had been kind of in every activity. I'd been the lead on the stage and the play and the musical and in band and singing and So I was used to a crowd, but that was the first time walking down the middle aisle with a cross about that size on my back that I ever didn't want to be somewhere with everybody's eyes on me. I've never felt more stared at under the microscope. I began to realize, I mean, we were just kids, right? Following the script. And yet in that space, with that symbol, and in that moment, it was something bigger. Something heavier. Now, as an adult, I've felt that feeling a few other times usually involving work. Any amens in the congregation? Have you ever felt like you're in the midst of something and all eyes are on you and you don't really have a good place to go with it? Or have you ever woken up on a Monday morning and, and thought about everything else in the world you would rather be doing than that thing that was right in front of you? Have you ever been in a fight or an argument with someone you love deeply and wished they didn't come back? Have you ever waited and waited for someone to respond? Texting is great for this, right? When you put yourself out there and the little dots just keep going for a couple days. So as I grow up, what I realize is that moment of my youth never really stopped. In many ways, it accelerated. We take larger and larger roles of leadership. We'd step into larger and larger tasks at work, our larger and larger responsibility with our families. And what we discover is a daily cross isn't hard to find, right? So how do we carry it?
One of the things that's been helping me lately is, uh, surprise, surprise, prayer. One of my uh, spiritual dads, I guess you'd call him in my life, Pastor Mike, who's in Sioux Falls, he, he invited me to start praying out loud. Whenever it felt like the cross was too much for me to bear. To go ahead and name out loud what that was. Was it a person? Was it a situation? Was it a task that I didn't know how to do? Was it a task that I knew how to do, but the other people I worked with didn't know how to do? Was it somebody I needed to hold accountable? Or was it a call where I was going to be held accountable? And as I began to pray those things out loud, the cross didn't go away. But I started to realize I wasn't the only one carrying it. As I began to name names out loud and offer them to God, I began to see the crosses they were carrying too. I began to ask and I began to hear and hear stories about somebody I'm frustrated with and I can't wait for them to do this thing they're supposed to do and I can't understand how it's going and then they'll tell me what's going on in their life and I'm like, we'll be okay. That makes sense. I wouldn't have checked my email either if that person I love just went in the hospital. When I find myself carrying my own cross by myself on a daily basis, what I find is it's too much to bear. What I invite us all to consider in the days and weeks ahead is, why are we trying to do that on our own? Jesus invites us to carry our cross and follow him. I think Jesus lives out a kind of life that says he's also got a hand on that cross. And I think those that are journeying with us are there too. Which brings us to our next kind of main theme of cross. The scripture that I, that I chose for this uh, theme comes from Colossians. So a letter to a church, a church trying to figure out how to follow Jesus in a world of chaos and the world is all going to end and everything's the worst it's ever been. And it might be Mitchell 2024, but it was also Colossa back in the day. So this is the letter to them and it still applies to us. When you were dead in your trespasses, when it felt like you were just done, you were sentenced, you couldn't bear it anymore. The uncircumcision of your flesh, the fact that you didn't fit in, God made you alive together with him. When he forgave us our trespasses, he erased the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. In so doing, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them. If I was a 2000-era rapper, I would say he flipped the script, okay? Go ahead and Google that if you're too young for that or too old for that. But he disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them with it. What was the cross when Jesus was nailed to it? 
It was every ruler and authority's attempt to take Jesus out, to take his followers out, to squash the revolution of God's work in their lives. And what happened in the cross? Everything that the rulers and powers didn't want to have happen, happened. That's why our cross is empty. They wanted Jesus to remain there as a sign and a symbol of their power. But in the empty cross, we know the truth. We know who lived again. So with that, the theme is recognize. I want to invite each of us to recognize what do all these crosses mean? Right? Every minute of every day, you have a chance to see a cross probably somewhere, somehow, whether it be on your person, in an email, on a meme, on a building. Right? What do you think about when you see it? Does it mean anything to you anymore? Did it ever? I'm a math guy, and so I think about the world in terms of things adding up or equations. And to me, symbols are the math of life. When you add all these things up and what they mean, we get an answer. We get a solution. And so when I see a cross, and when I've been kind of praying through this over the last couple of weeks, I come up with this word recognize, and it just it won't leave me. Because I remember very clearly one math test I took where I thought the X meant something and my math teacher thought the X meant something else. And the next 10 questions dealt with that. And it was a battle with the principles and authorities and in that case the principles and authorities won. But ever since then I was very careful to know which, which way is that X really tilting? Because it changes what it means. So when you see crosses in the next couple weeks as we lead up to Easter, I want you to recognize what that symbol means. You see a cross in a lawn. What's it saying? Is it being shared as a symbol of life? Or is it being used as a power and authority over someone as a symbol, is it armed? Is there an or else statement to that cross and the way you've been using it? Or like in our letter to the Colossians, has it been disarmed? Is it a symbol of what being set free might look like? Is the crosses that you come across, are they symbols of victory? Or are they reminders of defeat? One more scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verses 15 through 21. All of us then who are mature should take a view of such things. And if on some point you think differently, 
That too God will make clear for you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join together in following my examples, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us for a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So part of what Paul's saying here is the only way we're going to know what the cross means is by what we do. Anyone who's ever been yelled at by somebody with a cross necklace or a crucifix tattoo, does that symbol line up with the action? A cross set on fire is not a sign of freedom. How are we going to live, friends? The crosses are all around us. But I don't know if you're like me, but I get the feeling that we're not always living into what they're trying to say. They're everyday symbols, they're everywhere, to the point we've kind of forgotten what they mean. How do we recapture and remember as a people that crosses are a part of life? In fact, Jesus recommends them. Tension, burden, stress, carrying that cross is the only way to walk with Jesus. The minute we try to shove off that cross or unburden ourselves with it or add it to somebody else's load, just remember, in offloading that cross, you've also offloaded Jesus. Who was right there carrying it with you if you'd but call out and look for him? I want to invite the worship team forward at this time to help us close our worship and As we prepare our hearts and minds, why not? One more scripture. There's always time for one last one, right? Just like one last bite of Twinkie that will never get eaten again. That's just bad. But Galatians, another letter to another church that was struggling to figure out how to live in a world with mixed messages, empty promises, and horrific burdens. Paul writes simply this, May I never boast of anything except the cross. And not just any cross in any place, but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Would you pray with me this morning? Gracious God, we come before you from many different places, many different backgrounds, not only of where we're from, but from what churches we've been a part of, what messages we've heard when it comes to the cross. And uh, Lord, we have images of hope and joy. We have images of pain and suffering. And they're all wrapped up in this one thing, the central thing, the thing that you conquered, but the thing that you also endured. So in this season, we ask that you help us to carry the cross that you would have us carry. May we be brave and bold and courageous and humble enough to, to be there for each other, 
sharing that burden, remembering in our daily insecurities and fears that we're not the only ones facing this. That person that we can't stand, that person that we want to yell at, that person that we want to remove from the situation has a cross on their back as well. And most importantly, Lord, help us to always remember that you are right there with us. You promised never to leave nor forsake us. When you defeated the cross, you defeated our crosses as well. You took a world that wanted to reign in power over us and you, you turned it around upon itself. On those days when that does not feel true, remind us of your truth. May crosses all around us be something that can help us remember. And on days when it's true, may we take that extra strength and share our daily bread and our presence with those who are, who are collapsing under the weight of their own crosses. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I want to invite you to uh, kind of be in an attitude of prayer and reflection as we, again, find an image that, that you can focus on as we sing this next song. And again, our ushers are going to be sharing our tithes and offerings, our, our chance to share. We can always give online like my family and I do, but if you want to have things here today to share with our ushers, we'll take that too. It's our way to continue to share the burden and the mission of those all around us in this community and around the world.